today we're starting a new series and we're calling it Take Captive. And it's abnormally um, difficult for me. For those of you that haven't been here that long, I get nervous every week. And oftentimes it gets real. You know what I mean? Like I get nervous and I freak out. And I freak out if there's one. Actually, the less people that are here, um, the more I get nervous for some reason. So it's easier that we're packed out today for me. But I am abnormally nervous today. And it's difficult for me. Some of you don't know this about me, but I actually struggle reading a sermon. I have to just memorize it and preach it. But I can't do that today because of the way that God has set this up for me. And so I believe that this is going to be an abnormally difficult message for me to preach. I've, uh, I've done something that I hate doing, and I've overstudied for this sermon. And when I overstudy for something, I get overexcited, and then I get dizzy. And so today, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, and I am going to read a sermon today. And um, it's only because I think that um, there is so much power in this. And so as uh, we're talking about the battle of our thoughts and the warfare that you guys are in every day of your life, and uh, as I've been praying and preparing and asking God where our church is, and I've been uh, praying for many of you, it's crazy to hear the amount of people in this room today, right now in our first service, that are struggling with anxiety, that are struggling with fear, that are overwhelmed with emotions of insecurity and doubt, and they're paralyzed and I hate it. And there is a battle that you are fighting every day that is going on between your ears. And no one sees the struggle to just continue but you. And so today what I've done is I've written down about 90 different emotions and thoughts. And in order to get them all out today, I've peppered them throughout my sermon. And so I have to read the sermon in order to make sure that I connect with many of the thoughts and fears that are paralyzing us today. Does that make sense? So if you like intercession, start now. <laughs> Listen to the sermon later. Here we go. Um, I'm going to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, and uh, this is going to be the theme for the whole series this week. And... Um, Caleb, can you turn that television on for me, if you don't mind? Uh, let's start. Uh, actually, Caleb can't, because he's got to be the computer guy. All right, here we go. Praise the Lord. We're already starting. Off on a good foot. This is my fault. Sweet Jesus. Here we go. All right. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. You have to get this, guys. The battle that you're up against it may look a lot like the same battle that everyone else is struggling with, but we don't go about it the same way they do. Yeah, the only hope that they, this world has is going to the doctor and getting, a, and getting medication. Yeah. And we don't do it the same way. You got to understand, it can be a remedy, but the way that God is going to bring breakthrough in your life, there's often going to be a lot more resources that we have. It's an unfair advantage that we have in this world having Jesus in our corner. Can I get an amen? For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as this world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power 
The word divine power comes from the Greek word dudamis. It, 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 we, we get the English word dynamite from dudamis. It means to have explosive power. We have explosive divine power that comes from the Lord. I think sometimes we downplay the resources that God has given us because we haven't learned how to use them. And I, I have to coach you today. You have to understand you have resources that the world doesn't have, and we have to learn how to operate in them. And that is my challenge to you today. The, the word strongholds, we have, they have divine power. The weapons that we have have divine power, divine explosive power, dynamite-like power to demolish strongholds. Well, the, the word stronghold comes from the word akamora. It's the Greek word akamora, and it means a, like a fortified fortress. It's, it's a prison uh, that, 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 that we are up against. What you realize is some of you today feel like a prisoner to emotions that you can't seem to get rid of. They overwhelm you like waves at a seashore, and you don't understand how to get rid of it. But we have explosive power from God to demolish, to overcome, to explode, to completely destroy a prison that you feel bound by. Does this make sense? Um, and so what, what is, what is that, that fortress? So it's, some of us feel locked by deception. What does the enemy do? He, he shapes your thinking one block at a time, one lie at a time. We build ourselves a prison of lies, overwhelmed and often trapped in emotion or a feeling or a desire that we can't seem to rid You can't trust people. You'll never succeed. You'll always be broke. You'll never amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. You can't, they, they can't know your struggles. They will reject you. Many of you have bought into some of these very statements and these very statements come across your mind on a daily basis. And so what do we do? Well, our apostle Paul told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments. The arguments in our own head. We demolish them with God's dunamis power. And every pretension, every pre-thought, every make-believe thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God you are the image of God. And the enemy would love nothing more than to bind you before you begin. If he can bind you, he can prevent God's plan from taking forth, from going forward. So all of these thoughts, they're not out to attack you. They're out to attack the Lord and the Lord's plan and call on your life. It's not an accident. You're in a war. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought. We take captive every thought that comes into our mind and we make it obedient to Christ. 
Oh, I like that. I make every one of my thoughts obey God. That thought doesn't seem like it was birthed by the Holy Spirit. We take captive every thought. You are not a prisoner of your thoughts. You must make your thoughts a prisoner of you. You have to make sure that you're driving this train, not the enemy. Does this make sense? The life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you have. If you can change your thinking, you will change your life. If you can change your thinking, you will change your life. Because your life, this is, I, I preached about this about a year ago. Uh, this message is really personal to me because of some of the things that I've gone through personally. And uh, what God has done in my life just through me learning to retrain my brain. Retrain my brain. And about a year and a half ago, I had heard a sermon from someone else. And this statement come out. And I, I've quoted this statement almost daily. That your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. This is not a feel-good message. In fact, to some of us, it should be a terrifying message because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. God, let me think about you. Let me pursue you with all of my heart. For as a man thinks in his heart, Proverbs 23, 7, so is he. And so what the problem is, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The problem with that is, is if you think you can't, you probably won't. Because you won't try. But if you think you can, you, you probably will. If you dwell on problems, they will overwhelm you. If, if you look for solutions, you're going to find some. If you feel like a victim, you will become one. That is not prophetic. It is just true. If you believe that you're an overcomer, you will become one. Many of us we're hurt by a situation and we get around other hurt people and we get trapped. Like-minded people begin to talk about like-minded things and we feel stuck. And the problem is we don't look for a way out. We just believe this is my life now. Well, you can have that nonsense, but none of it is what I find in the liberty. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Amen? Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Most of life's battles are won and lost right here in your mind. Are you going to keep fighting? Are you going to overcome? Is your marriage going to survive? <clears throat> and we're going to unpack some of these different kinds of thoughts as, as we go on. There are people in your life that the enemy has convinced you that they are your enemy. We're going to talk about that here next week. Oh, man, it's so good. Uh, your mind is a battlefield. Uh, some of you uh, 
remember from the 80s uh, that, that love is a battlefield, right? And, uh, but uh, it is also. Uh, but, but Joyce Meyer said, the, the battle is in your mind. The battle is in your mind. The battle is in your mind. And so I don't know where you're at today, but Joyce Myers, I believe, is one of the godliest women in America. And, and she's awesome, man. And, and one of the books that she wrote completely helped me in a dark season of my life. And I want to encourage you today to all of you to read The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers. It doesn't matter if that book is 80 years old. I'm telling you right now, it, it will help unlock some truths. Uh, because Joyce Myers said this, in your mind is this battle, God's truth to you and Satan lies about you. You'll never, you're always, they will never, they will always. The enemy is always absolute uh -huh. yeah. and God is always hope. Ooh. So today um, I, I saw this um, on, on a, a, something I was browsing a couple of weeks ago as I've been preparing and I wanted to throw this at you. We're going to do like a, like a scale of one to 10 to see kind of where you're at today. And I'm going to throw a couple of categories of you. So from one to 10, one being small, 10 being a lot, where, where are you at? If, are, you, are you worried a lot? Or, or does your mind filled with peace? Are, are you worried that, you, that they think uh, about what others think about, about your children, about your future, about money, about your job, about your health? These are all real worries, aren't they? Or do you have peace in God's promises that they're secure to you? That he will do what he said and you can do what he said you can do and you can trust and have full peace that God's going to take care of whatever's going to happen. Are you worried today? Are you negative? Are you critical of people? Uh, or do you find fault in a lot of people? Are you discontent? Are you hard towards others? Are you just busy? Are you negative? Or... Do you believe the best in people? Do you see that life is good? Uh, are you optimistic about your future? Where are you at today in the battle of your mind? Does this make sense to anyone? Because all of us are in war, whether you realize it or not. Are you worldly thinking or are you internal thinking? Do you, are you consumed with this life, material possessions, and being liked by people? what you're wearing, and what clothes you have? Or do you have an eternal mindset about the gifts that God has given you and reaching the lost and, and, and your, your calling and your job and where God is taking you in your future? Where are you at with some of these things? Uh, I, I was thinking about um, uh, a, a fear or faith. Excuse me. Are you plagued with fear? Worry and doubt. Are you filled with boldness and confident in what God's going to do? Are you filled with insecurity in who you're not and who you'll never be and what you're not capable of doing? Or are you filled with confidence of what God has restored in you and the promise that he has said that lies within you? What does the battle look like going on in your mind? Who are you? And where are you going? Because I can tell you this, that your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. 
And the problem is when there's a warfare going on in your mind and we're not using the weapons of warfare that God has equipped us with, we find ourselves in a stronghold, in a prison, in our own mind that prevents us from moving forward and taking possession of that which God called us to go in advance and take. And so many of us aren't fighting. We're existing. We're buying time in a cell where the door is wide open. Could be financially. And you're stuck. Are you? Million different jobs out there. Are you really limited to, yeah, but I don't have a degree. There is this thing called the internet. You can get a job online, never even leave your house. You ain't got to change your underwear for weeks. Be awesome. There is unlimited resources out there. We are only stuck by what we, what we believe. But many of us can't see past ourselves. The battle in our mind lies in God's truth to you and Satan's lies about you. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Is this good so far? Good. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help. Help, 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 help. Amen. All right. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. You think critical thoughts, you'll have a critical spirit. If you have faith and positive, no matter what happens, you'll see the good and you'll see God. If you believe this day is going to be hard, you'll likely be right. You believe that you can make a difference, you likely will. It all depends on what you're willing to see and believe for. You're hurt by people, you believe you can't trust anyone, you likely won't have real friends or real intimacy with people. Or you generally trust people. You believe the best in others and in their intentions. You'll have friends and you can have close relationships. It all depends on the way you see things and through the lens that you have. Does this make sense? No matter what you do, listen to this. I got, I, this is not my thought. I stole this one. No matter what you do, <laughs> what you have, who you know, or what you buy, where you live, or where you travel, you cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. You'll always feel like it's supposed to be better. It ain't right. It's all in your perspective and who you're willing to listen to. Two little guys sitting on you, you know? Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. My question today that is the outlining question of the message is are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are taking you? Change your life, change your thoughts, change your life. My, I've, I've, uh, I gotta say that I, I, this message means a lot to me because um, about two years ago, I found myself in a, in a bad spot. I, um, I, I got hurt by someone and the way that our mind works, I'm going to talk about this again here in a minute, is um, it will, your mind will go back to self-preservation. Um, and fear will trick you into staying somewhere longer than you need to be. And I, uh, a couple years ago, I was, I, was in, I was hurt by someone I loved a lot. They didn't mean to do it. And, and I didn't mean to do it, but there was some miscommunication and it created hurt. You ever been there? Yeah, I was there. I got hurt. 
and I went into self-preservation mode and I began to shut down. Uh, I felt overwhelmed. There was questions that I couldn't answer and I began to feel hopeless. Uh, church began to coast for me and um, I didn't really know what to do. There was a lot of questions that I didn't find answers for. I woke up one day and realized, man, we're in a bad spot. And I realized that I can either fight or I can do nothing. And I had to ask God, God, are you in this? And uh, there was so much doubt because of rejection from my earlier part of my life that I had believed that I wasn't capable of doing things and I wasn't good enough to preach. Like, what's really crazy is, guys, I got to be honest. Um, on Sundays, I stand up here with a lot of faith. But somewhere around Thursday and Friday, I begin to ask myself, is this really good enough? Is this really from the Lord? Do you really have something to say? Like, it's, it's, there should be someone else more qualified than you, don't you think? And it's hard when you're writing a message, believing that God's speaking to you, and you feel like you're the one that shouldn't be saying it. This is the same thing that's happening with all of us. And I'll, I'll preach a message filled with faith, and I'll walk off the stage, and sometimes I'll, cr I'll cry myself home. Man, that was garbage. You can do better than that. Is that all you, like, is it, who are you? And then for days I'll beat myself up before I realize what is happening. I was doing this over and over and over and over again. And anxiety was getting worse in my life and I was feeling more and more trapped. I was working about 65, 70 hours a week and uh, my marriage wasn't doing good. I wasn't the father that I was supposed to be. I felt stuck. And I preached the message here on a Sunday that God, the Spirit of God came on me, and it was, it was, it was called Dry Bones, and it was, it was about prophesying. And I remembered that it was our job, and God had given us authority, and that we were supposed to speak life. And I began to speak into my life, and as I began to study Life. I, I I started. I looked up Stephen Furtick and and T D Jakes and and some of the and, and 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 Joyce Myers and some of these fantastic speakers about speaking life. And it began to change my thinking about who I was and where I was. And I began to prophesy over many different emotions in my life. And I'd wake up every day and tell myself that I am going to change nations. I do have all of the resources that God has called me to possess. Because if you don't, what you do is you begin to feel bad for yourself. You begin to look at other people's resources and wonder why, why you got to where you are. And I begin to speak over myself every day who I was and what God called me to be. And day after day, I begin to believe it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And so here's my question to you today. I have two points. Oh, man, I got to go. <laughs> Identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back. What is the one lie that keeps coming up in the surface of your life that you've allowed yourself to stay behind? Because if you stay behind that stronghold, you'll never advance to possess the territory that God has called you to take. So we dive into this further. We're going to have more and more scriptures over the next coming weeks. But today I'm just peppering your thoughts to create an awareness for you to live in this week. Does that make sense? Do you feel like you're not good enough? That your past is just too bad? That you can't trust anyone? You'll never get ahead? You can't get close to God? 
you'll never find a job. Too much to do in your life. You'll always have a bad marriage or you'll always be alone. I don't know what it is, but I want you to find the lie in your life. What is the lie that makes you feel like you can't get away from the emotion, the habit, or the situation? And let's go to war. I'm calling you today as your pastor to warfare. You're already at war. You have two options. If Russia and China and whoever else invades this, this city tomorrow, you can do nothing or you can arm yourself. But whether you realize it or not, the enemy has an attack against you because God loves you. And you can either arm yourself and go to war or you could stay prisoner in that hostage. It's cozy in there. Here's what's happening. When you have negative thoughts, I did a lot of research on this, and uh, I'm hoping that I speak correctly today. Uh, when you have uh, negative thoughts, what happens is um, you're, you're, you're changing the chemical makeup of your brain. Every negative thought comes with a feeling, an emotion. Oftentimes, it, we learned from it when we were younger in self-preservation. That's hot, don't touch it. And so what happens is we don't touch it. Oh, that's love, don't go near it. It can hurt you. Oh, people, relationships, don't get, don't get too close. They'll burn you. Money, you're not good at it. Don't try. You'll fail. And so negative thoughts create pathways in your brain, and it's a restraint based on a feeling or an impulse that you had long ago that you want to stay away from because you got hurt by a situation a long time ago that you never forgave. This is why forgiveness is so important. Because you have to, his mercies are new every, day. every morning. And you have to start off with forgiveness from yesterday. Otherwise, yesterday will tell you how today's going to turn out. But that's not true. The reality is, is you may have gotten fired from your job, or you may have not been good enough that one day, and you did a bad job, or you, but that doesn't mean it's going to work out that way today. We are only a prisoner to what we want to be a prisoner to. If God called you to possess the land, who are you to tell you that you can't? Twelve spies. Only a couple of them said, that land is good enough for me. It's in Numbers. Check it out. It's a really powerful chapter. I don't have time. I'm going to skip it. So what happens is, is in our brain, we have these things that, we call, that, that scientists call neural pathways. Um, as I studied it and as I read about it, I, my weird mind saw it like little kids snow tubing. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever been in the snow, but when you go snowing, uh, when, when, when it snows, when you go snowing, uh, when you go snow tubing, uh, the first dude that gets on the sled is the most important because he creates the path for everyone else. Okay, and so you go down that path and the next dude is going to go down the same path, which is bad, especially when there's trees on the path. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there. It's a rough situation. And so what happens is in our life, you've trained yourself how to think and you don't know it. You've had an opinion about Steve. And every time you see Steve, you know who Steve is. But you don't know who Steve is. But your mind tells you who that person is. Right. And so in order to change 
your perception about that person, that job, that opportunity, your potential, this relationship, what God's going to do in your life. Many of you, if I asked you to pray for an hour each day this week, you would already tell yourself you can't because you've tried. You didn't do it. So now you're not capable of it. What the crap kind of lie is that? God didn't tell you that. That's is that God's truth to you or Satan's lie about you? Yes, you're right, you're right. So, hey guys, let's all intercede this week for breakthrough. Yes, you can. So what happens is we have to change the neural pathways to the logic of our thought. If we were snow tubing and we went off track from where we wanted to be, we have to go back up, find that lie, and make a new path and make it good. And make it good and make it good. So that way the next time it gets easier. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's not easy to change the way you react to your kids, to change the way you respond at work when your boss asks you to do a job that you know your other coworkers were supposed to do a long time ago. It's so hard for you to change your thinking. The problem is the people that God's called you to work next to are not your enemies. But they will be if you continue to think that way about them. And it will make your job and your calling a lot more difficult when you're working with enemies. Change the neural pathways of the way you're thinking because it's your stronghold. Okay, I have to keep going. Our thoughts are lazy and they're always going to travel to the path of least resistance. And so things overcoming is difficult. Finding confidence in yourself is difficult. It is not easy. And so retraining your brain is going to be work. Telling yourself, I am not overwhelmed. Wait, I am. No. What what am I overwhelmed by? What do I need to get done? Almost nothing. The feeling to clean everything and have the car perfect and get this into the shop and get this done and all of the tasks, let them go. And then have a moment and ask God, what's next? Changing those pathways are difficult because it will shut you down and make you feel trapped if you're not careful. I know that this is good for someone here today. Um, Change your thinking, create a new pathway in your brain, use God's, so here's the thing, the Holy Spirit is going to work with you right now. As we exploit what the enemy is doing, as we allow the light of the Lord to shine on it, he's going to reveal some lies. Those lies will remain if you don't deal with them and you won't see them again and they'll be normal again. Lonely, angry, bored, if you're looking at porn, Call a friend. Call someone. If you feel bad for yourself and and you don't feel like you're good enough, what's going to happen is you're going to eat cake or chips or ice cream. Well, go for a walk. Walk out of the house. Do something. If you're bored and you realize you've been on Instagram for 35 minutes, go to the Bible app and read something. Watch a video about the Lord. Change what you're watching. If If you've got that much time, Watch something that God is actually going to increase life in your life. I don't know what's getting you stuck. But oftentimes it's the same place that creates the same emotion. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern, the pattern, the same pathway. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. What if God wants you to be free of that thought, of that feeling, of that emotion, of that inability? Be transformed by renewing your mind. Does this make sense? Rewrite your brain. Renewing your mind. Identify the one stronghold that's holding you back. All right, I have to... Okay. If you feel like you're not lovable or you're not worth it, you're not good enough because of your past, you don't deserve anything good, and God can't use you, you don't know enough, you, you're stuck in life, you always feel depressed, you're always broke, you, you, you don't have, you have too much, I, 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 I am not, I'm not good enough, I feel helpless, I feel hopeless, I feel worthless, I feel pointless. Identify that stronghold. Name it. Now, T.D. Jakes said this. T.D. Jakes is the best preacher in the world. If you don't know it, you don't, ain't never heard no one preach before. I'll tell you right now, T.D. Jakes is the man. And T.D. Jakes said this. He said, if you can't name it, you can't defeat it. But if you define it, you can defeat it. What is your stronghold? I love it. What is the lie that the enemy has built that doesn't even exist that we're standing behind? Second point, name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. First thing I want you to know, name the truth. His name is Jesus. You got to know this, guys. You got to know this. You got to know this. You got to know this. He has given you new life, a new wineskins, and a new day. He is more than enough. Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Satan The blood of Jesus is against you. It is one of the most powerful prayers you can ever have. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Name the truth that will demolish the strongholds. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3-5 again. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war, war as the world does. For the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have dunamis power to demolish strongholds. For we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God in your life. And we take captive every thought and we make it obey Christ. We make our thoughts obey the Lord. You have to understand that your life is not an accident. I don't, I don't know who you are or what you're going against, but you got to know that you are not an accident. You, God knows where you are, and he called you with a plan and a purpose. And we surrender our life to him, and we, uh, we take captive every thought so that we can accomplish that which God set out for us. The idea that I cannot does not exist in the Bible. The idea that I will always be does not exist in the Bible. Faith pleases God. 
take captive in scripture in the Greek it comes from from from, from it's a, it's a war term to capture with a, with a, with a, with a spear or a sword as i think about all of the spiritual warfare weapons that god named right the armor of god the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness the belt of truth the feet shod to the preparation of the gospel of peace the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit is now I, I do this um, this is why i get kind of weird when i get excited and i put on my my warfare and i walk around i get all i get all thing i think i'm awesome anyways the only weapon that god gave you that was offensive was the word of god you have to use god's word so if you can name your stronghold, name the weapon, name the verse, name the truth that God is speaking to the, God, the man and woman of God inside of you to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. But you'll never possess the land if you don't fight back. Stand up, move forward, advance in life. You will, you will stay there as long as you want because it's cozy there. Your marriage will stay that way. You will st stay married to the enemy. Unless you tell yourself, well, I didn't marry Satan. I married God's best for my life. I'm, I'm preaching next week's sermon right now. I can't get there yet. Okay. <laughs> Deb, would you come? Uh, there are some here today you truly do feel, and I would say you're probably right, that you aren't good enough and that you don't have enough. And I would say to just about everything in life, that's probably true in and of it's by itself. There is truth in every statement. Look, I, this is sound weird to some of you, but one of the things that I have to rebuke in myself is the ability to tell myself that I'm not good enough. I was voted in seventh grade least likely to succeed. I made the yearbook. It's put in black and white for me as a prophetic word over my life. I don't know who told you what, but there's a lot of things in life that would make you feel like you're inadequate. And to a degree, that's true. And that's why it's easy to believe a lie because it's layered with so much truth. You feel like you're alone. You are, unless you understand that Jesus is more than enough. He's strong enough. He's faithful enough. He's consistent enough. You in and of yourself are alone, but Jesus.